Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If you are eager, like I am, to strengthen your faith, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. Here we are, 2023. Wow, right? Brand new year. Excited about all God will have for you, for us uh, in this upcoming year. We're going in a new emphasis or new direction for this year on our podcast, looking at the uh, focus point of knowing what you believe and why you believe it. So each week we'll take a, uh, a subject, a topic, a question, a social issue, and just try to approach it from a biblical, a logical standpoint. And so today's episode, we want to look at this question of can you lose or can a person lose their salvation? Now, we want to be able to answer this both biblically, but also logically as we think through uh, the question. Now, I'm sure you've heard people ask this question. Maybe you've bumped into people who believe they can lose their salvation, believe you must do something to earn your salvation, believe if you do something, you have to re-be saved, whatever the case is. Sometimes it's dependent upon where you live. But this is a great question, and I've had it asked in different forms many different times over the years. And so we want to see what God's Word says. And as we go through uh, this year, I would just ask you to do this. As we look at maybe some very controversial issues, some tough questions, uh, let's just make this. Let's make truth our end goal. Let's just pursue truth together, not what I think, not what you think, not what someone else's thinks, not what someone else thinks, but let's, what does God's Word say? Let's let God's Word be our final authority on all matters. And so we come to this idea of can you lose your salvation? And rather than just giving you maybe three or four verses and saying, here's the verses, I want to give you five things that occur at salvation that reveal to us that you cannot lose your salvation. So as we think about five things about salvation, number one, it would be this, a believer's salvation is a gift from God. I love the illustration of a gift. We just came out of Christmas. I imagine you got some type of gift. It was wrapped. It had a bow. uh, It was in a bag, whatever the case may be. But I love the illustration of salvation being a gift. It helps me when I witness and tell people about salvation. Now, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 would be a key verse for that. For by grace are you saved through faith faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What is this passage telling us here? It's telling us uh, that we're saved by grace through faith, and it's not of ourselves. It's a gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so this passage tells us what we are saved by and what we are not saved by. That's very important to understand, could we lose our salvation? So first of all, we are saved by grace through faith. We're saved as a gift of God. We're not saved through ourselves. We're not saved through works. So what is the gift here? So if we're saved by grace through faith, and it is the gift of God, the the gift is salvation or eternal life. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? It's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what are we saved by? We're saved by grace. That's God giving us what we do not deserve. It's a favor done without expectation of some return. It's absolutely free. And it's a great expression of love from God to man. What are we not saved by? We're not saved by ourselves, and we're not saved by works. 
What are works? That would be acts, performances, deeds done. It would be baptism, church attendance, living a good life, trying to do enough good to outweigh the bad. There is nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven or to keep yourself in heaven. There are not enough good works that you could do. You only have to accept the free gift that God offers. And so as we understand salvation is a gift that cannot be earned, as a result, it's a gift that cannot be taken back. A gift has to be, when you give someone a gift, it is freely given. You don't give it to them for a wage. You don't give it to them for something they've done. You give it to them freely, but they have to accept it. And as they accept the gift, it would not be a gift if you went and took it back. It would not be a gift. You would have let them borrow something. So if salvation is a gift of God and we accept that gift, it cannot be taken back or else we would have borrowed salvation. We would not have received a gift of salvation. So a gift ceases to be a gift if it is taken back. In reality, it would have never been a gift in the first place. So since salvation is truly a gift, it cannot be taken back. And so since salvation is not received based on your behavior or works, then it cannot be removed based on your behavior or your works. And so secondly, here as we go down, a believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Some things happen or things occur the moment of our salvation. We see here in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 12 through 14 that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of of your salvation, in whom also that after ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So notice the progression or the steps in our salvation that is revealed here in these verses. Number one, we heard the word of truth or we heard the gospel shared with us. And then secondly, we trusted or believed in Jesus Christ. We called out to him receiving the gift of eternal life. And at that moment, we were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. At the moment, a person receives the free gift gift of eternal life, God gives them the Holy Spirit to live inside of them. Now, a seal signifies a couple things. It signifies a final and completed transaction. You see, God the Father planned our salvation. God the Son provided and purchased our salvation. But God the Holy Spirit applies or seals our salvation. And so a seal signifies a final or completed transaction. It also signifies something that is permanent. Notice what the Holy Spirit is referred to in verse number 13, the Holy Spirit of promise. Promise of what? The Holy Spirit is the promise of his return, of Jesus' return, and the promise of your eternal life. Titus 1-2 says this, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit here in our passage? The Bible refers to it as our earnest. 
That is a deposit which guarantees. Uh, it's something similar when we uh, do a uh, purchase a home. You will give the seller what is called an earnest deposit to ensure them that you're going to go through with the transaction. And if for some reason you don't, they get to keep your earnest money. Uh, it, it misses uh, kind of the, uh, the emphasis there of God's earnest because the earnest that he gives can't be broken where we might could back out of the deal. But essentially it's a deposit which guarantees and see that it's deposited by the purchaser. God is the purchaser. He has purchased you and I, and then he sealed us, sealed us until when? Until the day of redemption, when Jesus returns. So in order for you to lose your salvation, an unbreakable seal promised by God who cannot lie would have to be broken. Nowhere does the Bible speak about this. So if you could lose your salvation, you would become unsealed. And if you received your salvation back, you would be resealed. And if then if you lost your salvation again, you would be unsealed again. You have to be resealed, but nowhere in scripture does it talk about this. Now, thirdly, we learn a believer is adopted into the family of God. So we understand that salvation is a gift from God. A gift cannot be taken back. A gift cannot be earned. We understand at the moment of salvation, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, which is a permanent sealing it cannot be removed. And also, we're adopted into God's family. I love uh, the picture here of adoption. Romans 8, chapter 14, or ch- uh, chapter 8, verses 14 through 17 talk about that. Also, Galatians talks much about it. He says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you not you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, and so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So what I want you to understand is adoption is a permanent decision. And also adoption is a permanent position. All right, it's a permanent decision. At salvation, a person is what? They're born again. Jesus talked to Nicodemus about that, and he got confused. He's like, how on earth can I enter back into my mother's womb? And Jesus said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You must have a physical birth, but you also must have a spiritual birth. You must be born again, born into what? Into God's family. So at the moment a person receives the gift of salvation by what? By calling on Jesus Christ to save them. At that moment, they're sealed with the Holy Spirit, but they're also adopted into God's family. So you have to think about it like this. If we can lose our salvation and then get it back, we would have to become unborn and then be born again, again, and then become unborn and then be born again, again, again. You see, adoption is a permanent decision. When someone adopts someone, uh, it means this, and it's also a permanent position. They're placed into a family as a son or daughter with all the rights and privileges of a natural born, they become a member of that family. It is done. The adoption is finalized. And as a result, they have the rights and privileges of the natural born, which means they're an heir, which is what Jesus was or what Paul was talking about here. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Why? Because they are children of God. They're entitled to an inheritance. 
What is the believer's inheritance? It's access to God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the promise of eternal life. So as children of God, we have the promise of a permanent standing in God's family. So if we could lose our salvation, we would have to be removed, kicked out, or disowned from God's family. Think about that. So at the moment of salvation, you're sealed. So the seal would have to be broken, ripped off, a permanent seal. Also, an adoption into God's family would have to be undone. So you'd have to be removed, unadopted. You'd have to be kicked out or disowned from God's family. Nowhere does the Bible speak of this or even what it takes to get back in to God's family. And as a result, we would say you cannot lose your salvation. Now, fourthly, we need to consider in answering this question, can you lose your salvation? A believer's salvation is eternal. That's very important for us to understand. Words have meaning, right? And we see in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then notice verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So who has everlasting life in these verses? These verses tell us he that believes. So when does this person or when does a person get everlasting life? Do they get it somewhere down the road? Do they get it when they die? Do they receive it at some later point? The Bible tells us here in John 3.36 that when he believes, he receives everlasting life. He that believeth on the Son, watch this word, hath. That's present possession. He has everlasting life. So you and I, we don't receive everlasting, or we can use it synonymously here for eternal life. We do not receive eternal life when we die. It's not something we're waiting to get at a later period. When you accept the free gift of salvation, you are sealed, you're adopted into God's family, and you are the present possessor of eternal life. You already possess it. It's not a future possession you're waiting to receive. You do not get your salvation once you get to heaven. You possess eternal life the moment you receive God's free gift of salvation. So eternal life is a present possession, but eternal life is what? It's eternal. Eternal life or everlasting life simply means the gift of salvation is what? It's eternal. It has no ending. It will not cease. This means you possess salvation eternally. Now think with me for a moment. If you could lose your salvation at any time, it could not be eternal life. You say, what do you mean? It would have to be daily life if you had it for a few days. It would have to be weekly life if you had it for a week or two. It had to be monthly life if you had it for X amount of months or yearly life if you had it for 5, 10, 20 years. But it could not be eternal life because it's a present possession. And if it's eternal and it's eternal life, then how long do you have that life for eternity? But if you could lose your salvation, we could not refer to it as eternal life. And that would mean God is a liar, which the Bible tells us he's not. So therefore you cannot lose your salvation. And that brings us lastly to this. A believer can know they possess salvation. So we've looked at this as we do just a quick recap. Salvation is a gift. A gift cannot be earned. 
Therefore, a gift cannot be taken back. If we can't earn it, then we cannot lose salvation based on our behavior. If behavior didn't receive it, behavior cannot lose it. We're sealed by that Holy Spirit that is permanent, and it is a promise until Jesus returns. We're adopted into a family, and we're not going to be kicked out, disowned by God. And our salvation is eternal. It's not daily, weekly, monthly. And we can know that we possess salvation. 1 John 5.13 tells us that we can know without a shadow of a doubt that we have eternal life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So the Bible speaks about receiving eternal life. God's Word tells us that we can know with 100% assurance that we have eternal life. It tells us exactly how to receive the gift of eternal life. Nowhere does the Bible speak about losing eternal life. So I have to think about this. As clear as God is on how to get salvation, the Bible does not speak on what it takes to lose that salvation or what it would take to get it back. Meaning there may be one or two obscure verses, and we have to be very careful not to use the obscure to interpret the obvious. We find one or two maybe obscure verses that people say, well, this means you could lose your salvation when you have 50 verses in these five core principles uh, that tell us you cannot lose your salvation. So if God is so clear, well, let me back up. If God is love, like we understand he is love, and God cares for us, and God wants us to be saved, and God is not slack concerning his promises, some men count slackness, but is not willing that any should perish, don't you think that God would very clearly say, if you do this or these five things or these 20 things, then you're going to lose your salvation. And in order to get your salvation back, you're going to need to do this. Don't you think it would be very obvious in scripture? It would seem very evil. It would seem very deceptive of God if we could lose our salvation, not to clearly tell us if we could lose it and how to get it back. So what exactly does it take to lose your salvation? Scripture does not say. Where is the line and what do you have to do to cross it, to lose your salvation or to get it back? Scripture does not say anything about it. What sin is it? How many times do you have to commit the sin? What do you have to do to get your salvation back? How many times can you lose it before you can ever get it back? And it's just lost. Scripture does not say anything about it. So as clear as God is about getting salvation, surely he would be equally clear about losing it and what it takes to get it back. But this is not given in Scripture. Why? Because it's not in there. So in order for you to lose your salvation, God would have to take back what he called a free gift. He would have to break a promise of the Holy Spirit that you're sealed and lie and break an unbreakable seal. He would have to kick you out of his family and disown you and take back eternal life, making it not eternal. So this is why biblically, but also logically, why you cannot lose your salvation. If we could, cannot lose our salvation, then we do not have to ask Jesus to save us multiple times. Once we receive the free gift of eternal life, it is a present possession that we have that can never be taken away. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.